0: Here we go, here
1: we go, here we go, here we go, this is it! This is Top Flight Time Machine, I am Andy Hotbody Dawson. Pow, pow, pow!
0: I'm Sam Nifty Delaney, so what?
1: Uh, well, Monday morning episode, sorry it's slightly late. Actually, not sorry, to be honest, you get it on a Monday, we don't pr- promise when you get it. Nah. It just, we just say Monday, so, you know, it might fucking arrive at 8.53pm, and still got to put up with it. Um, yeah. Before I go any further, Sam, Mm. I need to um, shout from the rooftops about a new series on gold. Mm. uh, Billy Connolly. And it's called Billy Connolly Does. And I thought when I saw it, it's going to be another one of these repackaged things of bits of clips and things like that and stuff he's done before. Because, you know, he's not getting any younger. He's not in the best of health. But no, it's a six-part series and it's all brand new stuff of Billy Connolly just sitting talking about his life and the world and everything and it's done with um, with the director who's made all of the, the films that he's done over the years where he travels around the world and visits places and meets people and all that kind of thing so yeah. they've got a really good working relationship anyway so the, this fella that's making it with him there's a great report like like the report that we have
0: we've like got a great we're, we're known but for our report um, globally
1: oh god God, yeah, and um, so it's six parts and every episode is already on catch-up, so you can just plough through them, and they're they're each 48 minutes long, so there's loads of it, Great. Um, so if you're into Billy Connolly, which I very much am, get stuck into that this week. I'll give it a go. So that's my TV uh, tip for this week, got that out of the way.
0: Yeah, good, it sounds good, I'll give it a go. Um what do I have I, well I've I've been watching Invent Anna with um with my good wife and my daughter and we've quite enjoyed right. it. You know that the story of Anna Delvey, the um fake heiress from New York society.
1: Not aware of it. I've it seen a, people was, talking about it. Was it was really
0: it was a big news story that kind yeah. of, you know, um was very big on social media and she became a bit of a sort of a cult hero in a way and people were going around wearing t-shirts that said fake heiress on and stuff like that because she was basically this girl she came over from germany she was russian but she'd grown up in germany and she just basically arrived one day in new york high society right um and sort of blagged her way in and convinced everyone that she was an heiress with a super rich kind of oligarch father who was bankrolling her <laughs> right. but in fact she was just on the massive black right and she and she sort of managed to check it she managed to basically set herself up as a resident in various kind of really expensive lavish five-star manhattan hotels and set herself yeah. up almost like the major from 40 towers whereby she kind of lived there <laughs> and didn't ever really pay the bill but she she sort of just looked and acted the part and she always had a lot of cash and she would like tip everyone in the hotel with like hundred dollar bills and stuff like that right and and um and it it sort of went on and on and on and she was um trying to build a business which she called the anna delvey foundation and of course nowadays when you when you hear about people starting to start a business or or get investment or whatever you usually imagine it's dead modern it's it's tech driven Mm. there'll be an app involved but this was really kind of old fashioned she just wanted uh, to buy an enormous really expensive fancy building in New York with money that she was going to get off of a bank and she was going to call it the Anna Delvey Foundation and it was going to be like one of those fancy members clubs but times a billion so it was like soho house but for really 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 rich exclusive people right. and it would be filled with the world's finest art and it and but the thing is it was just a dream she was just a small town girl from germany who'd grown up obsessed <laughs> with reading magazines like you know vanity fair right. or vogue or harper's bazaar all these sort of high society magazines yeah. and so she'd sort of learn all of the kind of culture and and language of that world and was just trying to and just was and to be fair i mean i sort of had a few minor disagreements with my good wife and daughter whilst watching it because there were moments where i was just like fucking i was just going like out loud while we were watching it what a fucking legend because she was just like you know she's like top cat she basically like top cat right human top Uh, cat (laughs) yeah you know you know it was basically like a live action remake of top cat Like, the way that Top Cat was basically... Well, he was stray, wasn't he? I mean, he lived in a fucking... The the cunt lived in a bin. Let's be honest. I mean, I love the cunt, but he lived in a fucking bin. Yeah? But he had dreams. He had dreams. And we admired him.
1: Can I just interject something else I want to mention? Uh, Top Cat, which is, of course, based on Sergeant Bilko, or the Phil Silver Show, as it was called, which is one of the greatest sitcoms of all time. Uh, The Phil Silver Show is now all on YouTube. It's well, all been dumped on YouTube in the last few weeks. Well, I think uh, it's, it's, I might, you know, the I'm, 50s.
0: I, I, I might tweet it. I might say, if you enjoyed uh, Invented Anna, why not just go on YouTube and watch the Phil Silvers show? <laughs> right. But, uh, but it was the same sort of thing. That my, like my favourite bit in the opening credits to Top Cats, I'm sure is everyone's favourite bit, is when he chucks that doorman a coin. Yes. Uh, as a tip, but it's on the end of a bit of it's string. A bit of
1: string, yeah.
0: <laughs> and that's basically the sort of shit that Anna Delvey does in this program. It's all a true story, right? Um, is, this,
1: is this a documentary or is it a drama? No,
0: it's a film. Right? Uh, sorry, right. not film. It's a series. It's a drama. Right? It's a drama, but it was. It's all based on what. What first brought us to light was. She had this sort of coterie of high society pals, one of whom was a, a sort of a junior writer or an assistant on Vanity Fair magazine. Mm. And um, she they went on a trip to a fancy resort in Morocco and fucking lived it large like you do with a couple of other mates and they just fucking larged it at some like fancy resort and then when it came to paying the bill Anna Delvey is like oh fuck sorry I, I lost my credit card <laughs> but like they'd racked up a fucking bill of like thousands and that like I mean, it was like 60 grand bill they had right yeah and um so she's gone and so the, the security have got really heavy and said you're not fucking leaving this hotel till we got your money and they've basically locked them all in and so the girl who she's with from Vanity Fair fucking shat it because she just wanted to get home she was scared So in a panic, she gave them her Vanity Fair Corporate American Express just to escape. Yeah. Um, And because Anna Delvey said, yeah, don't worry, my dad's wiring the money. There's just a problem Mm. with the bank. But once my dad wires it, I'll pay you straight back, right? So she paid, she fucked off this Vanity Fair girl. And then when she got back to New York, she was like, fuck, if the magazine find out that I've spent 60 grand on a jolly in Morocco they're going to go <laughs> fucking ape shit and I'll lose my job so she gets on the phone to Ann Delvey goes you've got that money yet and Ann Delvey goes nah sorry don't don't freak out don't be dramatic it's not a big deal I'm not going to nick it I'm good for it of course she wasn't good yeah. for it but I have to tell you that I went whilst watching this show from thinking fucking legend which that was when my uh, my, um, my wife and daughter like they had a they took exception to me admiring her so much because they were like, yeah. oh, it's immoral. What she does is she's wrong. dishonest.
1: And I was mm. like,
0: she's ripping off fucking banks and hotels. Who gives a fuck? That's legendary mm. stuff, right? That's Dick. You, you know me. My hero is Dick Turpin, right? Of course. Yeah. This is the sort of shit I love. But um, then it starts to be like her pals and basically anyone. But Mm -hmm. the thing is, when she has money, which from time to time she does through blagging or escapades, she's extremely generous with everyone because she wants to be the player. And so everyone around her gets bought lavish dinners, doesn't pay for anything. People genuinely get tipped outrageous amounts, right? So she's got that side to her that's sort of kind. But at the same time, she'll do anything to rip you off and then take real Mm. exception if you pull her up on it. And as the show went on, I began to feel quite emotional because I've, I mean, I won't go into detail, but I've been in like relationships like that, not romantic ones, but personal relationships in my life once or twice with people right. who, not not anyone, I've, I've never been friends with a high society socialite, but <laughs> on my much smaller level, people who will be like generous and nice, but then they'll just take shit, money, right? Mm. And then like, When you go, oh, by the way, you know that thing I fronted? Have you got that? And then suddenly it's like this, all right, fucking hell, calm down. I'm not going (laughs) to fucking nick it, am I? And you go, well, Mm. no, I'm not saying you're going to nick it. But at the same time, if you take it and then never pay it back, that is nicking it. That's nicking (laughs) (laughs) it. And there's a pattern. And I think it's like a... I I don't know that I don't know how far they deep in they don't give us many answers about the psychological profile of her but I think it's like narcissism basically I guess that's it but um it, what's interesting is is that the the girl that she ripped off um the Vanity Fair writer wrote a piece and that's what first brought the 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 world the attention of right. the world to this Anna Delphi. now. Yeah. The, the Netflix drama is based on a separate article written, I think, in, like, uh, New, Yorker mag- New York magazine. Not New York. Not the New Yorker. New York magazine. Um, by a separate a journalist who wrote it more from Anna Delvey's own perspective. But even then, it's quite negative about Anna Delvey. There's a rival show coming out on HBO. This was a Netflix show. There's a rival right. show coming out on HBO, which is based on the account of the Vanity Fair writer that she ripped off. Right. So there's gonna be two separate shows with two separate casts told from two separate perspectives but all about the same story.
1: This this is like in the eighties when there used to be rap tracks and then there'd be an answer track would come out like about two months yes.
0: later. Yes. It's good. I like it. Or like um they like uh, even in the nineties you had No Scrubs by TLC and then someone did a, an answer to that called No Pigeons. Yes. That's right. I can't remember who did No Pigeons. <laughs> it's a crap name. No Scrubs is a great title for a great song. No Pigeons. I'm not interested in listening to a song called No Pigeons.
1: Because when Michael Jackson brought out Billy Jane, someone brought an a, um, a answer track to that a few months later. It's from from the perspective of Billy Jane, I think. Oh, yeah. So that's... that's well, that, kind that of song a like was that.
0: actually... That song was not about someone... Who, that song was... Actually, no, he did get a letter saying, yeah, it's... Uh, oh, you probably don't remember me, but we had sex and now I'm pregnant with your kid. And Michael Jackson was a bit like... The inference in the book I read was like, Michael Jackson was basically a virgin. And was like... Right, yeah. And this person, he, he'd like literally never met. So, But it kind of really weirded him out because he was Michael Jackson is super strange. It sort of... He yeah. take on it. But at the same time, his, his dad... Who we know is a bit of a piece of work. He actually had had a woman turn up out of the blue with a kid and say, This is yours. And it basically was.
1: Yeah, that doesn't sound that sounds completely plausible because yeah. Joe Jackson was a fucking monster.
0: Yeah, he's a monster.
1: <laughs> have you watched the Janet Jackson documentary that's on Sky Documentaries? That's really good. Four
0: I might part, have done. Janet I've Jackson. certainly seen the Janet Jackson documentary, but it might not be that one. I don't know.
1: No, it's just come out recently. It's four hours long. Oh. You'd never remember, oh, I think, no. if you'd seen it. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, Superstar was the one. Lydia Murdoch, an answer song to Michael Jackson's Billie Jean, where she portrayed Billie Jean saying that she's mad as hell in the song's lyrics, got a number 14 Wow. in 1983. Have you seen The Tinder Swindler? Because that's kind of in the same wheelhouse. No, that's a documentary, isn't it? That's a documentary, yeah.
0: I'd like to see it, yeah. I
1: think the difference is I've watched a bit of The Tinder Swindler. I haven't watched all of it yet. And, I mean, Jesus Christ... Um, it, he's he's brazen about it, and it, it, uh, with hindsight, you can see that he was quite clearly a swindler. But I think that the women who fell for it fell for it because it appeared to be, you know, the golden ticket sort of thing, the dream come true. But the difference is with him, he's um, he's hurt people emotionally, whereas with uh, inventing Anna, it sounds like she's just gone round. Acquiring uh, money and status, and not yeah. not being romantically involved with anyone.
0: No, there there was a there was an obviously there was an emotional impact in, for everyone in that he, she did sort of use emotional connection. Not every time, but you know, like she used it where necessary in order to yeah. sort of get what she wanted. And and the Vanity Fair writer was certainly someone who counted her as a friend. And when she was in court, really. I mean, it's hard to know because they, they basically do make it, the writer seem very entitled, uh, like a bit of a posh girl who loved getting right. all her uh, holidays and dinners paid for until such a time that it f- fell through. And then she, like, yeah. started screaming and throwing her toys out of the pram sort of thing.
1: It, it's it's tricky to have sympathy for someone that goes along to uh, Morocco and gets a 60 grand bar bill or lunch bill or whatever paid. And then it goes wrong I struggle with that but yeah
0: you know. yeah 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 I guess it's just like I don't know I think she'd promised her look it's she'd said up you know it's one of those things. I can't go I can't afford it oh, it's all on me don't worry it's all on me and then you get yeah. there and you go Are you sure yeah it's all on me then suddenly nah you're gonna have to front this mate on your company credit card and therefore lose your job <laughs> and oh I 60 grand that's the thing
1: I've, have you watched all of it
0: yeah is yeah it, we finished it last night.
1: It doesn't suffer from the curse of the shit ending there's so many it, I the didn't love
0: the ending, but the thing is it's a true story, and there's like yeah. only so many you know endings aren't neat when you're making a true story. you can either twist it, do you know what I mean change it, mm-hmm. distort it in order to make it neat, or you can stick to the truth and the thing is ending. Now you know life's narratives aren't as fucking neat and tidy and uh, satisfying as um, you know dramas yeah. narratives are they? And so you know uh, she you know she goes. It's not like a big reveal or or spoiler. You know she in the end a lot of it surrounds her court case and right. and the fucking lawyer who she drives mad and the journalist who's covering the story who she drives mad and the lack of remorse when she's in prison and the fact that when she's appearing oh, in court oh is that a spoiler she goes huh? to prison no when she's in court it's not it's like you see her in prison from episode one because it's one of those right, ones okay. where she's stuck you know it's it's reflecting back it's it one back of those forth, shows yeah. where you know at the beginning that she's been nicked and she's in prison and yeah. then you get flashbacks and each episode's from a different character's perspective it's one of those yeah. numbers so you get a lot of events replayed in different ways um but she, uh, when she eventually appears in court, it becomes a big news story, and like you know, the, the, of gradually the whole of like New York media are there in the courtroom watching her, and mm. she will, she's late. On several occasions. You know those scenes in dramas where the judge is getting this will stand. Where on earth is your claim? Like that. And the lawyer's like, I'm sorry, Your Honor. I'm I am i am assured that she's on her way. Respect the authority of this courtroom. Yeah. Bang bang! Bang bang! I shall not have this shall not stand. It's all like that. And um But it's really it's real. Because the because Anna Delvey is refusing to come into court until her stylist brings the clothes that she has ordered, the courtroom provide you with sort of formal courtwear if you can't if you don't have access to your own, so you don't have to yeah. turn up in your courtroom boiler suit. And uh, she refuses to wear that because she's like this. She's turned herself into a fashion icon, and so she and so she keeps the court waiting for hours. And, and, and on and some occasions refuses to even come into court because her clothes and her hair aren't right. And obviously the judges, you know, <laughs> very, <"Whoa, laughs> This is not a fashion parade! <laughs> this is a place of justice, not a place of fashion! <laughs> yeah, anyway, it's funny. But I tell you, um, you know, we talked about this a while ago, Right, you're talking about Tinder Swindler there, and I'm talking about this woman then. People being scam artists, right, is something that suddenly fascinates the world and is like oh, yeah, the subject totally. of a huge amount. And I don't think that scamming has increased. I mean, obviously, you could say the internet and social media has, has increased the uh, you know ways in which you can scam, right? I think that this is aimed at people generally younger than us who are mm. more amazed by scams that I, I think that you and I would like of our generation. I mean, we grew up watching Minder and Delboy. I mean, these programs were just about people who did scams we, nonstop, but they were heroes.
1: We grew up watching That's Life.
0: Give it a try at slash switch.
1: $45 upfront for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoted for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri term medical plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Jalapeño.
0: We've deep dived, fucking matey boy, John Jones, the canoe fucking swindler, right? Now that yeah. to me, that's a proper fucking scam, right? That is a yeah. fucking massive proper scam, and I'm right, I'm there for it, right? But I, I told you about a podcast I listened to last year, which was huge, and it won all, it won awards and the rest of it, and it was called Sweet Bobby, or that I like to call oh, it yeah, silly, yeah. I like to call it Silly Terry. I don't know why, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I can't tell you, mate. This I, I ranted about it at the time, but this uh, Inventing Anna reminded me a little bit of it, right? That This genre, whether it's podcasts, and there's loads of podcasts, right? Whether it's um, Netflix documentaries or dramatisations, the genre should be called bear shits in the woods, right? Mm. Because these things that they cover, they, they ramp up the drama... And almost a sense of dread and menace around it by playing music. Yeah. Right. While saying things that are fucking self-evidently straightforward and transparent. Right. Yeah. So Silly Bobby, they stretch over six episodes. Some poor girl who was vulnerable and daft enough to believe another girl pretending to be a geezer online who she fell in love with and thought she was going to marry even though she had never met the bloke before in her life once face to face right now the conclusion of that documentary or that story should be what kind of a society are we raising our kids in where someone who we regard as almost rational certainly someone who's educated can go as can commit that amount emotionally right to someone who they've never even seen over a period of like five years, Andy, not like a month, right? It, now it that I'm not criticising that person or judging them, but what I'm saying no. is that is that is a problem, that is an illness, right? Yeah, and it is yeah. it is not healthy, and that's what we should be examining. The person who's doing it, yeah, it's also balmy, right? But it's almost like I don't know. It's just fucking mad. It's like it's like you just said about this about the the, the Vanity Fair writer, yeah anna delvey was mad in that she was fucking scamming everyone left right and center but just as mad in my opinion are the victims of her scams right these naive people who just fucking mm. go along with shit and then cry foul play when it backfires even though there's a million and one red flags that in our day maybe we have more of a maybe because of that's life thank you esther maybe our course, generation yeah. has more of a healthy skepticism do you know what I mean? Yeah. A healthy suspicion of Oof. others. It's not nice to be suspicious of others. It's <clears> nice to take people to find But at the same time, if you see a red flag, know it's a fucking red flag. I think there's a lot of young people who are like, oh, my God, can you believe it? Can you believe mm-hmm. what these people are doing? I can't believe it. And I'm always like, I can fucking believe it. Yeah. Everyone's on the fucking scam. It's not that t- big of a fucking deal. T- ultimately, trust no one. <laughs> well, well, ever. Not, not if it not, I mean it right I'll give you a really good example in this sweet Bobby documentary right the, the point and I think it happens in episode 1 or episode 2 at which point the whole fucking series loses all credibility or the, not the series but the story loses all credibility after she's been communicating with this bloke who she's met mm. on Facebook right for mm. about three months and they've become really close and they talk to each other all the time to the extent that She's going out for the evening and she, with some friends and she's sort of torn between shall I go out or not? Because if I go out, I was going to chat to Sweet Bobby tonight mm. and he might be a bit miffed if Sweet I go out. Sweet Bobby. Right? I mean, straight away, you're like, what? You're in a situation where a guy you've never met, you're worried about physically going out with some friends in case he gets jealous that you're not I'm talking to him on the internet. When did even talking to people on the internet become non-nerdish? I mean, talking to someone on the internet beyond, like, one tweet, where I'm from, that's just, like, marks you out as some sort of fucking weird nerd, right? (laughs) Suddenly, it's, like, normal to just admit, yeah, I'm staying in to talk to a stranger, right? On the internet. (laughs) On the internet. It's just fucking weird. So, anyway, they've never fucking met, right? She goes to this club. I think it's in Brighton. She's in a club. She sees the cump. She thinks it's the biggest coincidence ever. I've fucking seen him. I thought he lived in London. What's he doing here in Brighton? So she goes up to him. She goes, Bobby. And he goes, what? And she goes, it's me, whatever her name is. And he goes, you what? And she goes, it's me, blah, blah. And he goes, sorry, I don't know who you are. And she goes, what are you talking about? We were chatting just earlier today. And he goes, no, I think you got the wrong person. And she goes, oh, all right. And then in the documentary, the documentary maker goes, so... What did you think when he didn't recognize you? She, she goes, well, I just thought maybe he's had a couple of drinks and maybe like the club was quite loud so he couldn't hear what? me right and from that point on the entire stuff because obviously the person behind the whole thing was a girl right and she was just using pictures of a guy to be to, right. as her front and so yeah, she yeah. spotted the person from the pictures who had no idea of what was actually going on right? But this, this, then it carried on for four or five years more, right? To the extent that they're planning getting married and having kids together online. They've I, never I met. Don't get... They've never even fucking Zoomed, mate. They've never even fucking Zoomed. I, I don't get why this is a
1: podcast series because fucking MTV have been doing catfish for 10 years. Yeah, Where yeah. each series has 13 episodes of stories like this. Yeah, There's a thing on BBC One in the morning presented by Kim Marsh about <laughs> online scams. Where, where they have like three in each episode, where they, they, they fucking try and persuade these, usually late middle-aged elderly men that have been scammed by, let's say, East European women out of their money, yeah. and they try to get them to understand that this is a scam. And it takes it takes a while for it to sink in. Because, but that's the thing, you don't kind of, we can't put ourselves in the perspective of the scammees because a lot of people are incredibly desperately lonely. And looking yes. for something and someone to cling to, yeah. and yeah. you'll you'll ignore all the red flags if you're in that kind of situation. Mm. So yeah, I don't, sound I don't understand like why ju- Sweet Bobby I'm, is a is, not, a is a standalone oh, series. I, t-
0: I tell you why, right? You get that the these presenters and they, you, you hear it on the Guardian ones as well. They replace what I think is they replace actual journalism with talking in a very thoughtful way yeah. in their nice middle class accent, right? About what's happening <laughs> yeah. and they go. So it seemed that maybe Bobby wasn't real after all, but I wasn't satisfied by that. I wanted to know more. And so I called her up again, right? Leave a lot of pauses, sound like you're sort of thinking it all as you go along. You're extremely curious, right? And you sound well-educated. And so people kind of go with it, especially if you play the creepy music underneath. But really what you've got is a paper-thin story about a sort of slightly tawdry misunderstanding that went too far.
1: i put this to you. The real scammers, Sam,
0: are the podcasters. Are the podcasters. Correct. Yeah. There we I go mean, on. I've been desperate to <laughs> like, make a little like spoof course. of this for a while, but then I thought, A, that's a bit cunty, the bloke's trying his best. You know, he's just trying to fucking make a living like any other cunt, and plenty of people like it. And it won awards, so it make us look bitter because we, we we never have and never will win any awards. And rightly so, right?
1: I don't even want awards, fuck
0: them. I, I would like to go around and say I do want awards, but unfortunately, with a heavy heart, I don't think I deserve them. And therefore, it's a real shame for me. But it's a there you go. It, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a real shame. I'll never get an award because I'm um, not good enough, but I would love an award. Um, but maybe my mum will give me an award for best podcaster in yeah, the family. Maybe she will. But yeah, mind you, my brother will. does a podcast as well, so maybe he'll get it. She'll give him oh, one as God. well.
1: You'll both be winners. You're all
0: winners. Oh, uh, God. One- oh, Len won the t- school talent show on oh, Friday. Brilliant. I was fucking buzzing all weekend. Congratulations, Len. And, and so was he. He got a fucking trophy the lot. It was brilliant. But I have to tell you, mate... I was obviously really happy for him because he put a lot of work into it. He wrote it was a comedy thing that he did with his mate, but he wrote it all himself. Wow. Then he, he roped his mate into it and got them to like really focused on rehearsals and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean I looked at it, I thought they've worked harder on this than me and Andy do on our live shows. <laughs> <laughs> I mean they didn't get a room in a Nottingham premiere Inn. Right, <laughs> but it was like they really went to town on it and they worked really hard. And then I went to see it and they and it, and it they pulled it off and they got a lot of laughs and they won, and that was brilliant. But a primary school talent show, mate, I can't. Re- I mean, unfortunately, your kids are at secondary school, and I don't know what the etiquette is about turning up to a school talent show when you don't have a kid in the school. Yeah, in, you've got to have a
1: link, school. I think. Yeah, it looks, a bit, it
0: looks a bit dodgy, but I mean, yeah. Len will be out of that school in about a year or so. And I'll be gutted because I was sitting there watching it and I was like, this is, it was Friday afternoon and I was like, this is basically one of the best laughs I've had in fucking months, right? Yeah. Because it's all ages, so it goes right down to year one. So there's right. these five-year-olds, right? And one the first, I mean, I could tell you so many. I mean, I was in fucking stitches from beginning to end, right? Yeah. And some of the you know, you always get a pof- some po face parents who are a bit like, giving you funny looks, like they think you mm-hmm. must be pissed or something. But I'm like, listen if you're not, fa- I didn't say this but I gave him a look to say, if you don't find this fucking hilarious, right then you're fucking dead inside you're
1: fucking wired wrong, yeah.
0: yeah Yeah Um, They introduced one act and these three girls got up I mean, it's hard to make it sound funny about acting it out. These three girls go they're about five, and, you, you know, they're not in their uniform because they've dressed up, but they've just dressed in <laughs> weird clothes. Like, you know, like, when girls are that age, they just love putting on, like, a fucking bizarre concoction yeah. of outfits all at once, don't yeah. they? Like, so there'll be some fairy wings, but then a really weird granny cardigan and some, yeah. like, leggings that are stripy or some fucking man. And... um one just started, the three of them stood in a line, stony-faced, really serious. Two linked arms, arm-in-arm, arm, and just started kicking their legs out, very straight <laughs> and stiff. Sort of like a kind of a much lower-key version of the can-can. Really serious face. And the other one just produced a harmonica and just started blowing into it, not playing it, not playing it, just like... <laughs> And the <laughs> other the two act. just carried on kicking their legs. And it went on for like, like way too long. Oh, brilliant. But the longer it went on, the more brilliant it was. So then oh, this, man. so I'm like, already, I fucking lost it. That. Then another kid gets up. He's not much older. And he does a stand up routine, does three or four gags, mainly yeah. knock knock based, couple of ones <laughs> right. to do with deers, right? You know, I've no <laughs> idea, all that sort of stuff. And I'm like, good. He delivers it all very deadpan. Again, this this was a running theme. A lot of them have very deadpan deliveries, like they're like they're really serious, right? And yeah. then he stops dead. He's done three jokes. He stops dead, stares at the audience. Then you hear a whisper. He looks to the left. You see Ed Master giving him a direction, which I assume is get the fuck off the stage. You finished. Your yeah. time's up. But the kid nods as if he's remembered something. Then he nods to the deputy head who's at the back of the hall and is controlling the sound system. The right. deputy head suddenly yeah. puts a fader up, right? This fucking mad music starts playing and this kid who's just stood there telling not knock jokes, stony face, just breaks into this fucking insane dance routine. <laughs> Break dancing, body popping, still with a really straight face. And then as quickly as it's begun, it ends and he just walks straight off stage.
1: Oh, genius! <laughs> like
0: proper mic drop, right? So it's like Fuck comedy it and out. dancing. Why has no one ever thought of that before? Yeah. Why doesn't fucking Jimmy Carr do a dance routine after his jokes? You know? Yeah. Um, or just the it, dancing, not the jokes. It was yeah, it was fucking brilliant <laughs> from beginning amazing. to end. You can't beat it, and it it will be a shame when Len leaves because last next year will be his last one. He's already planning next year's show. Um,
1: it's it's like me, me me both of my kids, only one of them now, my son goes to this drama school on a oh, Saturday yeah. morning and they always do a show once every year in the theatre. Um, and the, the, the drama school starts from age four, goes up to age 18, so the four-year-olds always do a short bit where it's a little bit of a dance routine or something. But there's always one or two of them that break... From what they're meant to be doing, and will yeah. try and like stare out into the audience and look <laughs> for a parent, <laughs> or when they walk off at the end, they'll just walk off too slowly or go in the wrong direction. Yeah. and it's yeah. always the highlight of
0: the whole thing. Yeah, my that's exactly what my daughter was like. So I was sitting watching it, and the the parents of the kid who Len um, Len's best mate who he did the show with, they did sort of double act thing. They, they, their daughter used to be best friends with my daughter who and they're both like much older and they used to go to dance class together yeah and the dance teacher was really good really nice and she was very enthusiastic and passionate and a lot of the kids were really like really caught her bug for it you can see why she was good yeah. she had so much passion that they all got into it and you saw them develop but my daughter and her best mate were consistently shit right from lesson one to lesson whatever fucking 300 because they did it for years in this fucking local church hall and i had to go and pick them up and watch it right and go to (laughs) countless fucking shows and they were it's that basically as you just described they were those two kids like when the rest of them were pulling all the faces and doing incredibly like well choreographed moves like my daughter and her mate would be at the back basically picking their nose staring at their feet very often just talking to each other (laughs) in the middle of the fucking show right And my yeah. daughter, by her own admission, can't even do the simplest of things. Like, she couldn't jump. Like, right. she couldn't jump. <laughs> I cannot jump. I still say it to her now. I go, you c- can you jump yet? And she goes, no, nah, not really. I mean, I'll give it a go. And she's got this thing where she sort of lifts one leg off the floor and then the other leg really quickly. But they're never both off the floor at once. And I go, that's not a fucking jump. That's just moving both your feet up. i said i spent all that money on your fucking dance class i turned round to the other parents because there was some dancers at the i mean there were some really legitimately amazing acts as well there was like a a couple of girls doing sort of um i believe they would call it urban slash hip-hop dance routines yeah and um they were really good i mean you know they were like fucking doing head fucking spins the lot and i've turned round. And I said to your parents, "Fucking hell, it reminds me of seeing out to at those dance classes back in the day, and they pissed themselves because <laughs> like they were so shit, it was unbelievable." And yeah. I said to my daughter, "I go like, you were like literally the worst dancers I've ever seen. Like you didn't know what to fucking do with yourselves." Yeah. And uh, she's just like, "Yeah, she takes it." Mind you, she admitted, "Nah, actually, I can't tell. I can't tell this. I'm gonna cut what I was about to say. It's fucking funny, but it's too much of an invasion of her privacy."
1: Yeah. Okay. Stop it there. Um, before we go, one thing that that arose from um, all of that, I really enjoyed being a judge when we were doing that courtroom bit earlier on. And I yes. saw a tweet. I saw a tweet over the weekend. Mm. Um, become a magistrate. <laughs> all, you, oh, yeah. all, all you need is fifteen <laughs> spare days per year. Now we've both oh. got that. So I'm going to ask you, quite simply, we don't have much time left. Yes or no? Shall we become magistrates, Mm -hmm. Sam?
0: Yes. Okay.
1: (laughs) We'll do that. They'll never let us
0: because we'll Uh, end up revealing everything, all the court secrets in the fucking podcast.
1: We could do that. We could do a podcast called The Secret Magistrate, couldn't we? (laughs) like The Secret (laughs) Barrister and all that. (laughs) Uh, The Predictions League at the weekend. Results book got nine points. Fucking metal cunt. I got five and you only got one, Sam. Fuck. So Of course it's the now, first
0: week I predict West Ham not winning. We yeah. fucking win. The, what the happened tr- in Sheffield United Millwall?
1: Uh, it was one 0 to Millwall, which is what mm. I predicted and what results bot predicted. Mm. Uh so I'm on ninety three, you're on eighty eight, results spots on seventy four. So there you go. Something to think about there. That's yeah. it from this Food for one. Thought. We've got loads coming up this week, and we've even got a top flight Tune Machine coming up tomorrow that I oh, forgot Oh, that, that to do Tune yesterday. Machine
0: is, I think, is it, you know, if you're not subscribed, you should subscribe to whatever level gets you access to Tune Machine, because I think that was one yeah. of the best episodes we've done in a long time. It if was, you're interested in milk and milk spillages, then this is the podcast for you. Oh,
1: yeah, it is, yeah.
0: So it might not to impress tomorrow. the judges at the podcast awards like Silly Terry does, right? It's not up there with the heavyweights of the podcasting world, like yeah. them American ones that talk about a business that went wrong, right? Although <laughs> yeah. they're the trendy ones, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. When UTest first raised its first billion dollars, <laughs> the sky was the limit. But underneath, it was all built on sand.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: But first, yeah, a message. One. But first, a message from our sponsor do you run an organic asparagus shop that needs a website? <laughs> then come to us, Asparatech. <laughs> uh, yeah,
1: if you. If you so tomorrow's the first of the month. It's the best time to subscribe to the Iron Filing Society because you get the whole of the month. Uh, you pay for the whole of the month in advance. So that's the best time to do it. And you'll get yeah. tomorrow's milk spillage. Yeah, it, machine it, episode. It's
0: a milk spill special and it's really some of our best work in a long time.
1: Patreon.com slash top flight time machine. That's mm. it from us. Thank you very much and <laughs>
0: goodbye. Goodbye, everyone.